Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for next level agents. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up, The Kevin and Fred Show, and please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, Todd Bookspan, we're back, buddy. It's been a, it's been a while since, uh, number one, since you've been on the show. I was looking, the last time you and I recorded a podcast together, on, at least on my podcast, was we did an industry headlines which had to have been 2020 because I stopped doing them halfway through 2020. So it's been a while. You know, it has been a while. And I know I was like an early guest because I used to brag about the fact that I think I was like, you know, a top five listen to episode because I think it was in the, the first five you did. <laughs> was it really that early top five or, or, or like first five? I think so. I mean, well, maybe it wasn't, but at some point you said I was one of the top listened to episodes. And so I you just definitely assumed, were. I just assumed that meant that it was in the beginning before there was other people who were amazing. I mean, you're in good company. First of all, I have only had a couple of duds on the show. All right. Well, that's good. And most of them, I actually didn't even air the pot. I didn't even air the episode. So that makes me feel good that you aired my episode. Yeah. Uh, right. There's, I've only not aired one like three times, but I, I, I won't have you name names. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. I did. They wouldn't, they're too absorbed in themselves. They would never hear this. So it doesn't matter. Um, and I have no problem telling anybody who it was. They were, they were atrocious. Uh, nonetheless, um, it's been a while. You're for sure still top five of all of the mortgage world episodes I've ever recorded. How about that? Perfect. Because I know it's less than five you've recorded. So that makes me feel okay. Uh, let's see. I've had Dave on. Technically, you and Dave have been back on twice because we did the one together where I sort of aired from the mortgage coach productivity when we really got into talking about like health and, oh, and all yeah, that I stuff. Oh, I love that episode. Uh, so you've been on separately. Dave's been on. Greg's been on. Couple other mortgage all right, so, people. All right, so, so that's good company. So you yeah, like you even in the mortgage world have some pretty good company. All right. Well, so so far I bored everyone with the conversation. So that's okay. I'm really excited for wherever we're heading. <laughs> this is for us. Um, all right, dude. So you and I are recording this. It's middle of December 2022. I don't know. This will be out in the next one to two weeks, call it. Cool. Three weeks max. First week of January max. All right. Happy New Year. Um, so maybe happy new year or Merry Christmas or wh whatever you celebrate that doesn't offend you. Um What's going on in your world, dude? Like what's going on in the mortgage world? Like this has been a this has been kind of a weird year. You know, it's funny because I was, my wife said, well, what are you and Kevin going to talk about? And I said, you know, I have no idea. I don't have any of these. He's going to ask me a question and I'm just going to run whatever direction. Cause I feel like, you know, we're just sitting in the coffee shop like we are, normally are, but we're just have headphones on and yes. microphones in front of us and uh, mortgage world. All right, well, let's start there. You know, mortgage world is uh, people are scared. Right. I mean, I feel like that's um, that's kind of the common theme. You have uh, a big majority of people who are stuck in fear because their business is down considerably. So when you say people, you're referring to mortgage professionals, I'm referring to mortgage professionals, Okay, mortgage professional. And I think actually there's a, a big part of the real estate community who's stuck as well. Oh, 100 percent. Right. And so I think that there's that that mirror image between the two industries. And then I think you also then have the best of the best. Right. The people that you and I probably spend our time hanging out yep. with who are looking at 2023 as being full of opportunity and great places to go. Yeah. So for the listener that maybe didn't catch your first episode, one thing I'll point out is besides being one of the top producing LO teams in the country, you own a company called Win by Noon. You're wearing your shirt today. You know, I'm, I'm represented. I wear black because I knew you and I'd match, but, uh, but I made sure it had my logo on there. Uh, and then you also uh, do a lot with Mortgage Coach and some other coaching communities as well in the mortgage space. So like I'm just sharing that with the listener in case they didn't hear your first episode to know like you really have your pulse on what's going on with the top LOs in the country. Uh, and, and so from that perspective to when they hear you speak about something, like, I think that's, that's good to know. Um, what do you think's driving that fear? I know that probably sounds like a dumb question, but if you had to put your finger on one or two things, what's driving that fear? what's driving the fears is uncertainty, right? And I feel like loan officers for the most part um, and real estate agents, we've had just such a great run. And I think that we have a real, we just don't remember. I mean, 2019, 2018 weren't great years in the mortgage space, right? We had margin compression, meaning that, you know, there was a race to the bottom. Everyone was reducing profit in order to keep the doors open. And, and I think that 2020, 2021, first half of 2022 were so great. You know, I always joke, we were wheeling, you're wheeling around a wheelbarrow, catching cash falling out of the sky. And yeah. so they just forget how hard it was 
it was a couple of years prior. And now they're just wondering, was it really going to be good? You have a lot of the, uh, the people in the mortgage industry who I respect a lot are talking about interest rates going down. And they're trying to get all the loan officers excited about the fact that you'll be able to refinance all the people who bought in the last six months, but there weren't that many people that bought in the last six months with them probably. And then the real question is, is, is from a higher economical perspective is if interest rates drop, are there really going to be, you know, yes, there's the pent up demand of the buyer who's put it on hold waiting for rates to drop, but it really is the rest of the economy going to be good enough that other buyers are going to buy. It's so funny. You say that term, um, the pent up demand, like people who are now sitting on the sidelines because of the interest rate, aren't those the same people that were sitting on the sidelines because the prices were going crazy and they were competing against 20 other offers? Yeah. I mean, they, they, some of them are, are yeah, kicking themselves because they didn't buy. And then the rest are, are patting themselves in the back because they didn't buy thinking now I'll get a better, a better deal, but at a higher rate, you know, all the arguments yeah. that, that mortgage folks have, have come up in, in realtors. Have come and up realtors too, well. no, like this is not exclusive to, to mortgage professionals for, by any means. Um, it, it's interesting though. When you think about it, how long have you, how long have you been running an LO team or, or how long a, have you I've been in team LO? for more than a decade and been in the business for almost 23, 24 years now? All right. So this isn't your first downturn. This oh, is, no. this isn't the first time you've seen people kind of freak out. Anything different about this one as compared to some of the other times that, um, whether it was like just a big rate change or, or like the collapse, obviously that, that we both, we both, uh, went through. Uh, it, early on in, in, you know, 07, 08, 09, et cetera. Is there anything that stands out to you as different this time around? You know, I think the, I think there's two things that are, that are different, different from my perspective. You know, one is again, it was the speed of the decline. So I think yeah. that nobody didn't, everyone knew that rates were going to go higher and everyone knew that maybe inventory would go up, it would slow down, but I don't think anyone expected it to be, you know, to snap up a fingers. And so I think that was, you know, that's kind of the first observation. I think if you caught people, even though they all knew it, it still caught them off guard. And then from a personal perspective, I've just chosen to, well, how can I put myself in a room? How can I hang out with you and have dinner and be around smarter people so I can think differently this time? So I don't get in that same mindset of everyone else and get stuck in a funk or make poor decisions because I'm not looking ahead. I'm trying to make long-term decisions versus short-term decisions. It's always, it's always good. It's always preferred, I think. Um, although sometimes we, I mean, we have to make, sometimes we got to make decisions about next month. Heck yeah. Um, and there's, there's always, there's a time for that for sure. Um, to talk about, here's something that I think about the, so you talked about like the velocity of the rate change, pretty scary, I think, or at least jarring. Yeah. Jarring is probably the more accurate word than scary. Um, I feel I, something just, a thought just popped in my head as you were talking and I hadn't thought about this prior to now. I feel like everything changes in this world quickly now, quicker than it used to. Um, and I don't know if that's just cause I'm now older than I used to be. Maybe this is like my get off my lawn moment and my, why I still listen to music that's 20 years old. But, uh, I'm wondering if the rate of change with the way say technology has advanced the rate of change of everything in our, in our everyday lives from the, you know, the way we consume things to oh God, like TikTok, to, you know, like how fast that changes. Like they're now five and 10 seconds videos instead of three and five minute videos, um, and to the way, when we order something from Amazon, we, we don't just want it like tomorrow or the day after, like I want it later today and not even that much later today. I'd like to have it now. Can you get it to me now? So I, I just, that's the pressure or the expectation. I think that technology is brought to our world overall, not necessarily our industry, although our industry as well, when you think about like eye buyers and things like that, um, do you think just the the speed of change in the world is has anything to do with this, or is this just like, hey, the Fed and everybody, the the government reacted a certain way a couple of years ago, very quickly, and so this is the natural response. Great question, and I think you're 100 percent right. I think it's the speed of information right now and the speed of reaction. No one's everyone's so fearful that you know they don't want to be the person who bought Bitcoin at sixty thousand. And so they want to, no one wants to be left holding the bag. So everyone hears something. And if that's the person they believe, then they're going to act really, really quickly where before they might've digested a little bit and it might've taken a little longer to move. I'm sure this is not exclusive to Bitcoin, but uh, I can remember first hearing this in terms of Bitcoin, but I guess both Bitcoin and Ethereum, someone's saying like, um, buy the news, sell the I don't know. It's like sell, sell the rumor, sell you know, or buy the rumor, sell the news. There you go. So it's, it's opposite it's, of what normal. Yeah. Used so to be. because, Hey, when it's, a, when it's a rumor, 
that's when it's about to go up. So buy that. And then it, once it's actually real, it's now news, sell it because it's about to go down because of the way we react. I think of like the way the stock market has responded right before the last couple of Fed meetings um, where it's like, boom, shot right back down. Like what, like what the hell just happened? Yeah, it moves quick, right? And you have so many big, big buyers that are moving the market and you have you know big talking heads that are moving the market. And so yeah. I think it's the... Uh, the people that I follow always call the dumb money. They're talking about people like me and you, they call us the dumb money and it's the institutional right. buyers that <laughs> yeah. are, that are going opposite. And so, yeah, by the time that the institutional buyers, they've already made their move before most people like us get in. And so the real question then is how can we be smarter and think like they think versus thinking like we always have? Yeah. Um, I just find that interesting to, to see how quickly people, it says so many knee, knee jerk reactions. Um, but nonetheless, like, at the end of the day, the market's whatever the market is, right? So Absolutely. you're still in, you're still in mortgage. I'm still in real estate. So that proves you can make it through some bad times. Like you and I are both proof of that. Whether 2023 is terrible or great or just good or kind of a lull, like, what are you, what are you expecting to be the right strategies or the right things to do in the coming year to two years? I think that the answer depends on what seat you sit in and how hard you want to work. Right? Okay. I feel like if you're a producer right now, you just know you have to do, you know what activities you have to do and you just have to do more of those activities or make sure that when you're doing them, you're not allowing distractions. Right. So that's my normal min, you know, win by noon conversation, right. Is that everyone knows what to do. They just don't really want to do it. Yeah. My buddy Dustin is like, you know what you fucking need to do. You're just not doing it. So whatever that thing is, I don't have to tell you what it is. Just right. Just do that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really it. And I think that, you know, the smart people figure out how many they have to do, right? Like, okay, if I'm going to, you know, it's going to take me 20 calls to get, you know, a lead and then, you know, they'll, they'll know their numbers and, and figure that out. And I think the leaders need to figure out then how do I motivate the people, you know, on my teams to make it happen. You and I were at a mastermind last week and they said, Hey, if business is down 30%, you're not gonna be able to get your people to work 30% harder. So you just have to recruit 30% more. And, you know, the sad part is it's true yeah. and it's, and it's frustrating because I'm like, well, why can't, you know, why can't you figure out how to work a little smarter or at least work a little harder if you truly want to be in the business. And that's, you know, everyone's cheering for all the realtors and all the mortgage people who are going to have to leave the business. And, you know, I could, I could play that seat because from a production perspective, there's less competition, but from a thought leadership perspective and someone who cares about other people, like it's, these are the best industries in the world. I want them to be successful and be around. So I'm not cheering for them to leave. I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm cheering for the people that aren't willing to work to leave. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good, good with, with that. that. Um, I mean, dude, I love realtors. Like I, they annoy me at the same time and I'm one of them. I'm a card carrying member. Right. But, uh, and it's probably the same way that you feel about mortgage professionals. Like I wouldn't do what I do. I wouldn't have this podcast if I didn't care about them and myself and my profession. And, uh, God, we're annoying sometimes, but the, here's the deal. Something I believe, and maybe this is like, um, maybe this is just pessimism or not. I, I, I think people are who they are. Like they, when they show up, like, I don't try to, I don't prejudge anybody anymore. Like I made a lot of mistakes early on hiring. Like I prejudge them like, Oh, Todd, he's going to kick ass. He's going to do it. Or look at Sally over there. She's going to come in and just be a killer. Cause she said all the right things in the interview process. And I, you know, I interviewed her 17 times. Like that class told me to, like I did all of that. Right. And I would prejudge people and be like, Oh, this guy's never going to make it, but he's a really good person. I got to give him a shot. Uh, and invariably like people are who they are. Like they don't, you don't know who they are until they show you. Right. Uh, but I think once people show you who they are, you got to believe them. And so uh, I have this belief that you see your point of like, let's increase our productivity by 30% or let's call it 40%. So we have a buffer and we actually make it say a dollar more than we did last year. Um, I think most people aren't going to do that. Like if you've been in the business for, unless your trajectory is already headed that way, like you're probably not doing that as my, as my, that's sort of where I believe. And I'm willing to be wrong. I think the problem is, is people are going to prove you right. You know, Dan Sullivan yeah. talks about the ceiling of complexity. So I think for a lot of people right now, they have that ceiling of complexity. They can't figure out how to break through it in this market to be successful. And I think that for me, it's always that ceiling of frustration. I've made the best changes when I've gotten stuck and frustrated because yeah. I was willing to make the changes versus that whole definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again. And so I think the question is for someone listening to this or who's either the, the producer or the leader of producers is, is what can we do to change that? And I don't know that I've got the answer because it's really between everyone's ears, whether they are really that committed to their career 
committed, that committed to helping people that committed to, you know, their family or whoever it is that they're supporting and trying to do to make that, make the changes happen. Or, and typically that change is taking more action, right? It's, I wrote in um, the top of my planner last week when we were in the webinars, take imperfect action. And I use you as an example. Imperfect action. You and I talked about it when you, you said, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast when you started this podcast, I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. And then I overthought it to make mine really quote unquote perfect. So it didn't really ever get off the ground. And you just made one that was great because you just took action. Dude, uh, it's probably not great, but it's, I did take action in imperfect action for sure. Uh, I mean, God, like right before here, like you, like, I was like, hold on, I got to move the camera again. I got to change it. Like, I wasn't going to tell anyone that, yeah. but, but I, I but, can tell uh, you dude, I'm good with that. Like, because people like, listen, like this wall looks cool, but it's only half the room. Like if this is just the picture that we show. Like I'm like maybe well, yeah, but they wouldn't make any sense to have the rest of the wall done. I mean, listen, no, it's good. I mean, it, I mean, it could like if you were in a studio, uh, like a real studio instead of just like a you know converted office. But I mean, my point is this: like it reminds me. I told the story last week too. I don't remember where I told it or who I told it to, but I was on the phone. Uh, ben Kenny, who was in the room that day of the mastermind, leading the mastermind, him and Brian with uh, with with that. And I was on the phone with Ben, this was years ago, probably 2017, 16. I was sharing something with him that I was fairly frustrated about. And, um, and basically why I couldn't take action on what I was frustrated about. And we hung up and that asshole sent me a text and <laughs> like the minute later, and it was like effectively a meme, you know, it was like a picture of something like a mountain that he went to. And, uh, and he had typed on it, like, uh, we use complexity to justify not taking action. Dang. And I was like, dude, I hate, I love you for loving me enough to send me that, but I hate you for sending that. You know what I mean? Well, and, and I'm guessing you probably took action as a result, right? So it's, how do you push someone? Like I always say, yeah. you got to poke someone in the side, right? You got to kind of rub salt in the wound to get and take action. There's just other people who you're going to do that. And they're going to, they're going to say, oh my gosh, and cry. And then go sit in the corner and not do anything. I think, uh, so much comes out of like, you, you talk about like poking them in the side, like just even, I think the beginning of change and doing something different is awareness, right? That that it needs to happen or what you're actually or awareness of the truth or awareness of reality. Um, and I think about, like, I think about, I mentioned my good friend, Dustin earlier. One of the things I love about my friendship with Dustin is he asked me hard questions. He's not afraid to ask me a question that then forces me to think, which then forces me to be aware, which is like the beginning of like taking action. Right. Um, you know, being aware of, like I shared this with you, uh, you know, after reading, uh, die with zero, yeah, you know, that. so now I've got like the death calendar on my wall that I stare at every day. There yet, but yes, so, I, I mean, I, you know, and I have, uh, because I was like, because it's an awareness, it's a visual cue to remind myself that like, not here forever. Gotta, you gotta get stuff done. And I think it's, that's the point of like having friends and coaches and conversations with people that are, you know, have permission to, to ask you tough questions so you can be aware of things and, and change. And I just think the people that, that aren't going to improve 30%, they're probably just not having those conversations because they're not willing to. Well, and I think, you know, you kind of nailed it. You have friends in your life who care enough about you that they're going to, they're going to ask you the hard questions. And I think if you're listening to this and you don't have anyone asking those hard questions, who do you know that you can reach out to who will, because that I found that that was one of my challenges in the financial crisis, right? I, I felt like um, I was paying coaches and they're still really good friends of mine. And they did, they did amazing things for me personally and professionally, but no one asked me the hard question. Am I making good financial choices? You know, as I was spending our 401ks out and as I was charging up credit cards and I just made poor choices because I didn't have anyone challenging me. And I was, you know, so focused on survival that I wasn't thinking outside of my world and my box. Uh, stay there for a second. Um, just because I think that you know, with this, just the sheer slowdown of things, like there's going to be, as I promise someone listening right now is, is either already facing what you face then, or is going to be in the next call it six to 12 months. So you said, you said something I found interesting, like you didn't have anybody asking those questions. So you sort of made some bad decisions. If knowing what you know now, Todd, if you, if you could coach yourself like younger Todd through that, what are, what would you do? Like, what would you say to yourself or what are the questions you would ask yourself or, and maybe some of the decisions you would make differently 
like you mentioned, you just said like max or like uh, selling out on a 401k or something like that. Like what are some of the things, whether they're very tactical or just sort of overall mindset approach that you would do differently or coach yourself to do differently? I would, I would say, who are you listening to? My challenge was, is I was listening to people who were telling me how good it was going to get. And I didn't challenge that thinking. So what I said was, well, I can just afford to, to, to get through this. I'll make it through it because it's going to be better sooner. And, and that's what I'm not willing to do now. I'm not willing to, for someone to say, Hey, it's going to be great in the first quarter of 2023. I'm like, Hey, this could suck till 2025. So I'm making different decisions. That's the long-term versus short-term. And so probably the immediate thing I would do is what I learned from you when we spoke at that movie theater where you said, Hey, me and Fred sit down every, every week and we try to get rid of an expense. And, and so I started talking about that in my mortgage community a year and a half ago, Hey guys, in 2023, at some point it's going to get bad or 2022, at some points get bad. And they all laughed at me because everyone was so focused on all the money they were making. And I said, Hey, is there, are there any expenses you can start cutting now? So I started cutting expenses way back then because that's what I didn't do last time. Last time I still had stupid things. I was spending money on. I was still, you know, doing personal things that I could, uh, that I, that I could afford to do in my mind. But really when you looked at my bank account, I shouldn't have been doing just, you know, and again, I don't have any concrete examples of that, but it's probably the vacations we took. I could have maybe taken not quite as fancy of a vacation at the time I wanted to. So you don't like to go buy a yacht or anything, but no, I didn't buy a yacht every day. Right. That was it. I mean, I wasn't driving a, you know, a fancy car at the time. I mean, I probably was driving, you know, my Ford expedition, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't one of those kinds of things where I was doing some of the other silly things I see people do, but it was really just challenging. Where am I getting the information from? And then what actions, you know, if I really look back at it, if somebody else was looking over my shoulder, cause this was a financial challenge for me is what I, should I, should I have made, you know, who could have t- helped me make better decisions than I was making? And I think for me, it comes down to who I want to be perceived as. And so my big mistake, you know, transparently was I didn't lay anybody off, right? We had a team, I kept my team employed and I thought I was doing the right thing because I cared about them. Right. But at the same time I was hurting myself and I was keeping them from going out to try to find another opportunity. Yeah. That's, um, gosh, that's, that's interesting. So, um, give me more when you say talk about like long-term, like making some long-term decisions. Do you have any like examples or things that you're thinking of that it's a decision you're going to make, you know, maybe you're currently already making or you're going to that's more long-term that maybe you wouldn't have made six or eight months ago. I think probably my long-term decision is not taking short-term action because there's decent opportunities now. And I realize there's gonna be better opportunities later. Right. So, you know, I'm down the wealth building rabbit hole right now investing and I'm getting fed a lot of pretty good deals. And I don't know that they're great deals and realizing like, just, okay, hit pause, look at it from a different lens. Right. So who else would you ask? So like I, Matt Chick was in my office this morning and Matt Chick's an investor. And um, last time I talked to him, which was a month ago, he said, okay, I, you know, where I would have bought at 70 cents on the dollar last year. Now I'm buying at 60 cents on the dollar. So I said, Hey, you still buying at 60 cents on the dollar? He's like, no, I'm buying at 55 cents on the dollar. And I'm like, okay, so smart people that have made and lost money in the market are making different decisions today. So how can I then make a different decision? So probably a long-term decision. So let me answer your question with something that's specific. Um, I bought a house in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um, and I was going to turn it into a rental because that's what I've always done. And then I thought, you know what? I actually need to do this with seller financing instead. I've heard a lot about it. So let me just fall into that rabbit hole, but I can make way more money doing that by thinking differently. And that's a better long-term decision for me. So I'm trying to actually take action on what I've learned because I think it's so easy for us to listen to something and not take action on it. And that's where I've fallen in the hole before. I've got so much idea, so many ideas and so much opportunity and so it's also that whole idea of just slowing down and thinking about it a little bit more. It's interesting. Um, you know, it's funny is last week in the mastermind, you, you and I were in, we talked about um, the advantage of selling too early. And now twice this week, and that was in regard, let me, let me rephrase that. And that was in regards to real estate, like right. specifically like in a down, like be prior to, and they'll come coming downturns. Right. And this was in the past. Um, but twice in the last week on the equity side of the world, I've heard people talk about their biggest financial mistakes were, was selling too early. Exactly. Literally. I mean, just this morning, one of my emails, uh, I, I subscribed to a few emails and one is, uh, I'll, I'll, for, I'll butcher their, all their last names, literally all three guys that write this email. First name is Brian. 
Um, and they've written some amazing books on the basics of like the stock market and, and public e- equities and whatnot. But they shared examples of like their their biggest financial mistake selling too early. Tim Ferriss shared his biggest financial mistakes were selling some stocks too early as well. And I just heard that in a different interview earlier this week. So I was like, that's so interesting how that comes up, how in one sector, like you and I sat and we listened to Ken McElroy. And if you don't know who Ken is, like one of the smartest commercial investors. Yeah, multifamily guy. On the planet, right? Um, rich dad, poor dad. Series. Rich dad, poor dad, uh, advisor, all that stuff. And a couple billion dollars worth of assets, if I remember correctly from the intro. Guy's smart. And so you hear him who clearly knows what he's doing. That guy's he's obviously very intelligent, but that's real estate. In fact, that's a specific niche in real estate, right? And then you come over here and like on the public equity side, you start talking about stock, certain stocks and in different companies and how wildly different the, I'm going to, I'm going to use air quotes, but the good advice is, isn't that funny how that shows up? Like, what are your thoughts when I share that with you? You know, it's, it, it just reminds me that it, how dumb I am, right. That I, you know, I think I know more than I know. And, and that ultimately in the end, it's, it's comes back to that question of where are you getting your advice and what action are you going to take? Cause in the end, you know, probably the same thing Tim Ferriss would say about that. He sold something too early. He probably has other examples of something he hold, held onto that he should have sold sooner. Right. And so we, we always think because of our own past that we, that we're going to act differently or that we're gonna have a different result. And especially in something like that, you just don't know, you know, that's, you know, just a perfect example. You just never know what's going to happen. Right. It's, you know, you're Mr. Tesla and and I'm not going to talk about my, my Tesla stuff on air, but you know, Tesla stock moves for weird reasons. It moves because Elon Musk is selling, you know, billions of dollars worth to pay taxes or billions of dollars worth to buy Twitter. And so that's something that the normal investor is going to have to absorb because it's not a normal market of, of, you know, the economics of the stock. It's, it's actually uh, actions of one person and how it impacts their, their ability to make profit. Well, so it's funny too. So now that you say that it's uh, bottom of the email, like kind of the punchline was like, Hey, don't look at the stock prices and the stocks, look at the company. So just be, you know, all three of the examples that they gave on selling too early, it was like, dude, they made profits. Like they made good profits. In fact, they just sacrificed amazing life-changing profits. Um, and so they like their conclusion was, Hey, Hey, how do we actually looked at the company versus the price of the stock? Then we would have, we, we, we should have stuck the, the move would have been to stay but we didn't, we looked at the stock price. Right. And I just, I think it's, I think it just goes to show like, and those guys are experts and like, they, they really understand what they're investing in to your point. Yeah. We're just not that, I'm not that smart. Just, exactly. Exactly. So don't listen to Todd and, and Kevin and Todd's stock advice show. We're not definitely, definitely not. Definitely. Let's, uh, let's avoid that. Yeah. Let's avoid. It just makes me feel like I should just stop trying to pick stocks. And I mean, I do have a certain amount that just go into, uh, to ETFs, but it makes me just feel like I should just give it all up and it just all be in ETFs and stop trying to outsmart it because I don't know anything about anything. I this barely the, know real estate. I think you know real estate a lot. I, I would, I, in, in this, my favorite part about this as I'm thinking here, because again, like I said earlier, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but I love the, the fact that, you know, anytime I get together with you, I know I'm going to walk away um, thinking about something differently. Yeah. I'm going to walk away with ideas that I want to think about more and go deeper on, and then probably some ideas that I thought about incorrectly that now I have better clarity on. Or, or just different information yeah. or more information, uh, di- you know, from a different viewpoint, which is always good. I think, I think anyways. Oh, it's always to, good. To an extent. Uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I just, I don't mean necessarily like my viewpoint. I just mean like more, v- more viewpoint is good or more information is good until it's not. Well, yeah, there's some point where you're overwhelmed with information and that's part of what causes you to have inactivity. Cause you just said, I listened to 77 different people who gave me 77 different opinions and now I'm stuck. Yeah. Where you'd been better off with like two pick, pick, pick one of two. Right. Well, you have one to, of three. So it goes back to it. Who's asking you better questions. And then who do you know that you yeah. can ask better questions to about something that you're interested in learning more? Like who are your experts? And then you know, make sure that you fact check it, make sure that maybe you have a second opinion, maybe you have a, you know, a different opinion. Like one of the guys I follow in the mortgage bond market is, is a contrarian. So he's always picking, he's always picking the pessimistic side. And the other guy that I follow is totally always optimistic. And, you know, the 
fun part about being in the industry as long as I have. And the fun part about doing the stuff I do with, with Dave is that now I'm, now I'm friends with all these guys. And so, you know, you get to see that that's who they are in real life. And that's the advice that they give. And that's, it's great because now I can run that filter through and say, okay, this guy thinks this, this guy thinks that, and then I can give better advice and think differently myself. You, uh, it's funny you say that, like, it makes me laugh about the quote that was said last last week in the room, which is, uh, and he left the person's name out. I will too, but so-and-so has, you know, accurately predicted two of the last seven market crashes yeah, exactly. or seven, I'm sorry, <laughs> accurately predicted seven of the last two market crashes, yeah. uh, which, you know, cause if you're always saying something that's optimistic or you're always saying something that's pessimistic, pessimistic, you're going to be right. A certain number, you're gonna be right. Maybe not, you know, not enough, but you're going to be right eventually. And a certain percentage of the time. So yeah, it is interesting. You gotta, you do have to weigh it. And then you, I think, I think what's most important though, is like, okay, so you go out, you listen to these people and you got to weigh it against what you think. Like, it's not like, I can't just go buy something because Todd says, buy this stock, buy this house, buy this, whatever the, you know, invest in this company just because Todd, like, that's not good enough. Like I've got to go, does this match what I my, like my personal standards or my personal goals, think things like that. Cause we just have different goals. We have different belief systems. We have different you know, amounts of money that we're willing to, to risk, you know? And I, so it's, it's not, wouldn't be good if I, if I took the exact same approach as you or vice versa, right? Because we got different, different approaches and di with different goals and different timelines, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I think it's knowing your goals, right. And then it's probably having some personal checklist, which I don't know that I have one that's, I don't have a formal one written out, but I probably have one. If I, if I was looking through what investments are, it's just really having your own, your own stops on things and say, okay, does it meet this box? Yep. Yep. Great. Then proceed. Does it meet this box? Yes. Then proceed. Oh, it doesn't meet this box. Okay. Done. Right. Put a, put a stop in it. And so again, I think it just comes down, down to, you know, I feel like a lot of people during uh, the, the health situation that we were in kind of limited their, their, they, their sphere, their network shrunk, right? Oh, At least yeah. it did for me. And so one of the things that, you know, I've been most, you know, fired up to do in, in this last half of this year and next year is just to get out there and get back with people and, and figure out how can I then learn more. And I, I'm willing, in fact, I'm most excited to sit in a room with people who I know think totally different than, yeah. you know, again, I've done a really good job of surrounding myself with people who think just like I think, and that's a dangerous thing. Cause I don't necessarily think that great. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all do that to an extent and um, some of us purposely like you do. I know I do. I know others that do like purposely seek out different viewpoints and people that think about things differently than, than I do, or than, than you do. And, um, I think that's important, but not, ev not everybody does. Some people just want to be confirmed to their, you know, whatever their opinions already are. And that's okay. Well, so you asked me, we started off this conversation, you asked me about the mortgage market. And then I kind of took it, took it my direction. Then we talked about different thinking and asking questions. We've kind of gone this, down this different way. So what, what do you think the questions are that people should be asking themselves? Or what do you think the actions that people should be taking are? As, as, a, as, as it pertains to like the real, like there's their real estate business, their, their investing, their life. Like, give me, give I me left more. it open-ended intentionally. I was wow. waiting to see where you Jeez. took it just because you asked about the mortgage business. I didn't talk about interest rates. You know, I, that's, I mean, I think, well, let's just try to touch on a few, keep me on track here. So you got to play host. Okay. Um, which I know you're good at. Uh, when I think about like the real estate business, we've got to, I, I think we have to constantly be willing to challenge our beliefs as to what we think is right. We've got to constantly live in reality as to what is actually happening and what's caused, you know, like I did X, Y, Z activities, right? I made did 10 open houses this year. I did, I made hundred calls a week, whatever I did. Right. And this is the result I got. Like we gotta, we gotta be grounded in reality and then figure out if that's good enough or not. Like, is that, did that actually get me what I want? And if not, then cool, I need to do something different or more. And if I'm really doing as much as I can, then, then I got to do something different instead of more. Right. So there's, I think all of this starts with being based in reality. The way you get there, it's different for me. I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to constantly check myself, but I'm going to ask people like you, people like Ben, people like Fred, whoever I'm, the people I'm purposely around. Matt Chick, you mentioned earlier, people that I'm purposely putting myself around, I'm going to ask them to, to check me basically, whether that's just in a conversation that's very casual or very pointed or a coach, right? Uh, I think I shared with you the other day, I just hired, and, hired a new coach. 
um, that, I, that I'm going to start, uh, start with next week. It, and I did it because she asked hard questions and forces me to think, which will make me aware. Um, and I believe that will spill over to my real estate business and to, to every part of life. Right. So I think being based in reality is the number one priority. Um, like getting outside of what, whatever your normal four walls are, get outside of that. Whether that's like something that is um, digitally like four walls, like because you only look at these Twitter accounts or these Facebook accounts or whatever, um, or you, or actually, hey, you only go to your office and talk to the people that do things the way they do them, right? Um, so I think doing that is, is important. And then from there, it's dude, it's really just about adjustments. Uh, the thing I think about like from a work standpoint, I believe, and we, I don't know for sure, but I believe this market is just going to be about executing on basics, like executing on, you talked about being face-to-face -face with people. Like, I, I really think that's how you're going to win. That's how I'm going to win over the next 12, 18 months, 24 months, 36 months of this last a long time. I think that's how I'm going to win or at least survive. Um, but, but if I'm based in reality, I'm going to be checking in on that often. And, and if I'm not getting the results I want, then something has to change. Either my effort has to change or what I do change has to change or combination. So that's why I think about it business-wise. I don't know if that answers the way, the way you intended the question. Nope. I loved it. Um, and I don't, I think that maybe personally, it's not a whole lot different. Uh, probably same for like financial, like that's the thing as a, I went to like personal relationships, personal health, uh, finances, call it retirement, if you will. Um, I think the same thing is like, you know, something I started doing a couple of years ago, finally, and I don't know what to, I don't know what took me so long other than I just didn't stop to think about it until I stopped to think about it was I started doing regularly updating my net worth statement. That's, that's, that's getting based in reality. Um, I probably should do it more often, but I do it significantly. I used to only do it basically when I was applying for a loan and now I do it voluntarily every other month, right. Or every quarter. And I think, uh, so that's a way of getting based in reality. Having we, for the listener who doesn't know this, we have the same doctor going and spending an hour with Dr. Click once a quarter or so is a way to get based in reality as well. Cause he's, you know, just pulled be there tomorrow, 27 vials of blood from my arm, rent, send them to the lab. And then we get to talk about those results. Right. So that's a good way to be based in reality. Um, I'll be there next week for my blood draw. So. Don't, don't leave your urine cup out and out tell them to make sure they take it. Uh, it's a funny inside story that probably don't need to share anymore of, but I, I think, I don't know, I guess all of this comes down to step one, what's real, like, what's the real story here? What's reality is it? And then am I trending the way I want it to go? Or, and if not, then what has to change? So, I mean, I, I think there's, you had some similarities between those, right? Because it's, it's, you're measuring what you want, whether it's your health or your money or your business, right? You said, get back to basics. And the funny thing is, is, you know, like I said, I think 2020, 2021, first half of 2022, no one was even thinking about the basics because they were busy doing something in whatever seat they were sitting in, if they were in mortgage or real estate. And so I do think that the times where I've taken the time to measure it, right? As I've grown net worth, it's a whole lot more fun to do that. Now I started back when I was negative, you know, I don't even know it. I, somewhere between half a million and a million bucks, right? So that wasn't fun, but at least it was a reminder. And, and then I think it just comes back to that idea of if you know where you're trying to go and you know where you are, right, in that current reality, then you can figure out what are the steps you have to take. And the problem is, is I know for me in the past, I would, I could stick my head in the hole and I could pretend it wasn't, you know, bad as it was and, and just keep doing the same thing. But, but I, then I learned that that didn't get me where I wanted to go. And so then I really took the time to figure out, okay, well, what is it I literally need to do this afternoon? What do I need to do tomorrow? to make sure that I was taking you know, some step forward. And I love the fact that you said, just gotta be back, you know, back in reality. And I, just like you, I mean, I, back then I did my net worth once a year and then I did it once a quarter. And then the last couple of months I'm doing it once a month. And I'm like, gosh, it's a lot of work, but the insights are pretty amazing. They really are. Um, for the listener that's thinking like, how do I do that? I'm gonna give the, I, I'm gonna give what I think is the shortcut. Sure. So I'm sitting here drinking out of my place water bottle is it's your environment. It's a pitch. I the like first, that. the first thing you can do is oh, environment, about right? place. Well, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, to, but, but here's the thing though. I think of like, I'm, I partner with place cause I believe in partnership. I partner with Fred because 
I believe in partnership and it's kind of hard to get rid of him at this point. It's like common law marriage or something. Um, so he's, it's like, he's entitled to half of what I make anyways. So no, but the point is, is like, i mentioned some of my friends and some of the people that like you and Ben, uh, God, I got a text right before you got here from, from Brian Kubernick asking me to do something extremely challenging physically. I don't fucking want to do it to be honest with you, but the fact that he's asking me to do it and it's, this isn't even the 12 hour walk thing. It's something so much more extreme than that. You're going to climb Mount Everest with him? That Everest, not actually Mount Everest, but the Everest challenge thing. Like he just texted me and said, hey, I just signed up. You should sign up for this with me and go do it. And I was like, oh, I literally said, motherfucker. That's what I said. But the point is, here's what I'm saying. Here's how you hack it. Is you go be friends with and, and or you hire that. So that way, like we've all heard the cheesy saying, like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, it's, it's it's only cheesy because you hear a lot, but you only hear a lot because it's, it's, it's fairly accurate. Right. And so if you always hang out with Ben Kenny, eventually he's going to talk to you about money or business. And Fred's going to always talk to you about business as well. Like all these things, right. You and I are going to have the conversations we have business health, you know, urine samples, things like that. Brian's going to, we should, we should throw it out there. It was your urine, not mine. Yeah, so it just, was, you know, you, yeah. you know, I just want the but since to you're going first this time, since your appointments before mine, just, I just hope the staff le- doesn't leave yours. Uh, so the, <laughs> I bet you, I bet, I bet you had no idea we we're talking about that today. You know, I knew health might come up, but that wasn't, the, that wasn't, that wasn't where thing. I thought we were yeah. going to go. Um, this is the benefit of imperfect action is you can just say whatever the hell you want. Well, I, what I believe is that what you just said over the last couple of minutes has been extremely valuable. And now you're telling people how to take action with it. So keep going. Yeah. So, put, I mean, you put yourself in position, put yourself in a room. You and I were in a room last week because I believe in putting myself in rooms with people that think differently than me, that are high performers, that will challenge me. And if nothing else, like that's the easiest way to cheat the system. Yeah. That's the easiest way to cheat success is to go be around people who are having success. Um, and I've purposely, like I talked about so Fred or Ben or Dustin or you, like there are people that I've purposely created deep, rich relationships with over, over the, over, over the years because they're on parts of their journey. Some, some cases, all of their journey, they're much further down the road than I am of the same road I want to go down or at least a similar enough road. And so I make sure I get to spend as much time with that person or be as in deep relationship as possible with that person. So that way I can, I can, I can also learn from them. I'm just a big believer in that. So to me, um, that's why I, you know, 15 years later, 15 and a half years later, Fred and I are still, gosh, coming up on 16 years. No, coming up on 15 years later, why we're still partners is because there's, there's, there's a lot of value in um, having, having, putting yourself in a position to be challenged. Well, but also it, it speaks to a couple of things. So you know, one, number one is it speaks to who you and Fred are because you're still partners. Cause I know so many partnerships that, yeah. that, that broken up during that time. And so number one, kudos to you guys for, for that. You've, you've solved something other people haven't. So if you're thinking, well, gosh, I wish I had a business partner for that long, then obviously spend more time learning from Kevin and Fred. And then the other part of it is, is that is being intentional around who you you know, put yourself in those rooms. Cause I think that the question that's coming to my mind is, well, how do you do that? Because for me, you know, you and I met years ago, had a cup of coffee and then didn't talk for, you know, whatever, almost a decade. Right. And then we bump into each other, uh, bump into each other at an entrepreneur event. So we put ourselves in the right room and we had a conversation around health that was super impactful for me. And so I was intentional about following up with you after that. And I think, you know, most of our initial conversations when we would get together for coffee, you know, once a quarter, or once every six months, whatever it was, were around health. And then now, I've had conversations with you, financial conversations. I didn't intentionally come into the room thinking we were going to talk about that. We talked about die with zero. And then I've shared with you financial information that, you know, very few people know because I'm comfortable with it. And more importantly, I want your feedback on it and your insights. So I make better decisions. Yeah. I think the point is we both put ourselves in positions like that to Mm -hmm. be in a relationship like that, or to be in a room full of people like that. We're like, that's the conversation. Um, and then we're both willing to like take action. It's funny. I mentioned the coach I hired. I uh, referred to me by Joshua Smith, right? So he, he and I were recording a podcast a couple of weeks ago. He mentioned his coach's name just in passing. And I remember he'd spoken about her before years ago, the last time I interviewed him or he interviewed me. I don't remember. 
and there was just some sort of intuition that I had of like, I need to follow up on that. And I did. So, you know, he gave me contact info and I got in touch with her and she's like, why'd you, why'd you reach out? Like, what is it? I was like, I gotta be honest. I don't know. There was something that told me to, but I thought like, like you, like you said, you followed up with me about the stuff with, uh, with our doctor, uh, and some, and some health things that we talked about. Like when you know, there's something there, like follow up on it, like, you know, go, go chase that down. I, I just think, especially if we've got any level of success, it's just really easy to sit back in your office and like be successful rather than it's like, all right, this is going to come off more judgy than it is. But uh, my, one of my biggest pet peeves is people that will only put themselves at the front of the room, never in a seat in the room. I can't stand that. I can't stand. I, I, I don't understand how someone can sit at the front of the room and lead conversations be the teacher, be the um, professor, but never be the student. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I always, you know, again, this is just me being transparent. I always assume the person at the front of the room is sitting in the room too, but that just tells me that they're you, not. So that, often they're not. At least some of the people I've been around. Well, I then I usually choose not to be around that person because it says a lot to me if they can't sit in the room and learn. Right. That's to me. That's humility. Right. Yep. And that's the fact that you, if you only think that. You know, that's the whole thing of, you know, you don't think your shit stinks, right? I mean, if you, if, cause if you think you're, you're the best and so therefore you've got to, you can't learn from anyone else. Think about Joe, Joe polishes yeah, my, right my neighbor, door. right? Uh, one of the things I admired about Joe from the get go is he, he'd always talk about how he was always in Dan Sullivan's room and all these other rooms where he's like, like he's got his own mastermind where people pay him $25,000, in some cases, a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars a year to be in his room where he leads the conversation but he's going over here to these other guys that are having their own conversation and he's going over there and being a student. So like, if Joe can go do that, like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't resonate with the person that can't put themselves in the student seat. Well, no, I think that's, I think it's a great point. So let's, so I think the action to take, if I'm listening and saying, okay, that's, you know, is think about what rooms can you put yourself in, in 2023. Right. And, you know, unfortunately a lot of them take a check to get into, but there's, there's others that don't. Right. Yeah. So figure out where can I, what mastermind can I show up to at a different, at a real estate company that's free where I can learn something and I can more importantly meet other people. And then when you're in that room, don't be afraid to introduce yourself to people. And there's gonna be some people like, yeah, whatever, you know, especially cause me, I'm, you know, I walk into a room where it's all badass real estate agents. They're like, Oh, there's a, there's that lender guy in here. And, and people, you know, they're worried. They think I'm like a loan officer. That's going to go, Hey, I want your business. <laughs> right. Like yeah. that's not, that's not, that's not what I'm there for. And so therefore that's not the conversation that we're going to have. But I know maybe that's just my own, you know, um, Oh dude, fear. it's the same fear I have, which is they look at, I have the, the scarlet letters EXP on my chest, right? Oh, you're with the XP. Yeah. It's like, but that's, I mean, seriously though, that's my, I mean, some of that's based in reality of the way I'm treated, but I just don't ever let that, that's not going to stop me from going and extracting the value I want to extract. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's, that that's the key, right? Is that it's, we all have to get over ourselves. And in yeah. the end, if the, the people who aren't open to the conversation, cause you work at EXP or the people who aren't able to talk to me, cause they know that I've got a mortgage team, then they're not the right people to talk to anyway. Yeah. No, that's a, that's, that's accurate. Um, I called this only to throw something in there. So yeah. I try to lead by example. And then I often say stuff and without thinking, imagine that. And so I'm on with my group coaching. So I, I've got a heart for people who are struggling to close five loans consistently a year. So I've got a group coaching program. Um, for that, it's, you know, super cheap. And, you know, they're like, why don't you charge more? I'm like, cause I want you to be able to crush it in the business. So you can go hire one of those thousand to $3,000 a month coaches. And, you know, I don't want that job. I don't want to be, you know, sitting with the headset on and having to talk to people. I've done that, you know, I've done that and I had a blast doing it. And, um, and I said, of course I say, you got to make more calls. And I give him an example of a friend of mine whose coach told him, he's like one of the top loan officers in the country. And his coach told him, you suck right now. You need to make more calls and said, you have to call a hundred realtors on Monday. So I tell the story and I reached out to him and say, Hey, how'd it go? Who'd you call? What were your scripts? And, you know, we traded voice memos and I say this to my group and I'm like, you know what? I'll just start calling. I'll call a hundred people on Monday. Who wants to do with me on zoom? So I'm literally on zoom. So I've got accountability and I'm like, Oh crap, now I got to do it. And then I only to say, cause do one Monday. I said, I'm gonna do it for the next three Mondays. So the last two Mondays I've, I've called over 200 real estate agents and I've talked to over a hundred and um, I called you. Um, and so, uh, so it was crazy to me, the different perceptions that I had from different people. Cause I call people from, you know, literally the best of the best, the top producing real estate team leaders in the country. Uh, and then I call people who are 
barely going to, you know, one person who told me, Hey, I might have to go back and get a job after 10 years in the business. I called a wide variety of people and there was just some, it was interesting to me. Number one crazy observation was how many real estate agents either had their phone off, had their, uh, had their voicemail full or not set up. That was, that was shocking thing. Number one, like, how can you do business that way? And then, and then the other was, is that the assumptions they made, cause it was me calling. Some people are like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to hear from you. There's something I can learn from you. And other people are like, Oh, you just, you know, do you want, you can tell me interest rates. And I'm like, well, I don't know what interest rates are today. And, and other people who, um, were just inquisitive. Oh, you know what? I haven't heard from you a while. What, what do you have? It must be something important if you're calling me. That is interesting. That, that, but I took, I would, I'll use, Joshua Smith. I took massive action. Right? It was, it was massive hard. action. It was hard. It, it actually, it was painful. Dude, we're onboarding at place. Yeah. Pitch. Pitch. Yep. You place. So water bottle. I'll so drink out of my wind by noon water bottle. Hold ag on. Agents are going through the, the like new agent training and there's a new agent training and there's a an experienced agent training course, like path, if you will. It's 86 days. Jalene, who's worked for Ben for like 17 years or 20 years, like says it's 86 days because if, because if you don't make it by then you're getting, your ass is getting 86, right? You don't do <laughs> all like, the things that you have to do. That's a long time. That's the first thought I had. I'm it's, like, that's awesome. That's where it came from. So, um, cause we were all trained to have like 10 nine, days of pain became nine, 86 days. Of yeah. Pain. Well, we were, we were trained, we were taught to have 90 day training plans. So she just made it 86. I so like it. I love it. But so one of the days in there, like, I don't know if everybody knows it yet on our team. All right. Well, the, hopefully they're not listening to this. Oh, no. Efren's definitely going to listen. He'll hear this first. And he probably already knows this, though. There's a day where you have to dial. You have to make a thousand dials. A thousand. All right. So you need a dialer for that. In a day. Like, that's requirement to get through the training. Like, that. that's a, uh, like, that's a pass fail. That's not a, like, A, B, C, or D. It's a yes or no. And so I'm just, I'm curious to see. Like, think about the information that you took out of just making a couple hundred dials. Like, what kind of information could you get out of that? Like, that's that's going to be hard. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I just like, it was the number of dials there that you talked about. It's when you, God, when you just pick up the phone and stuff happens, good stuff happens. It's just a random show. I mean, that's just what it is. We're going to go every different direction. But, so what I would say on that is there was a, there was people on there because I jumped on at 8 a.m. In, in Arizona and there was people on the East Coast who were already dialing. And there was like two people who had dialers, right? And and that's unusual in the loan world. And I laugh because they all cranked out their calls and, and one guy in less than two hours, one guy in less than three hours. And I'm like, man, it took me all freaking day to dial a hundred manually. Again, most people think we're in my phone, but again, there's a perfect example of how can you go back to what we started with. If you're struggling to take action, well, how can you make the action you're taking easier? Cause that's, that would 10 X, 10 X my results probably if I would have done that. It's a question. It's a Tim Ferriss question where he likes to ask, like if I was to do this, how could I do it? So it was easy. Yeah. Right. I guess put yourself on zoom and do you press mute during that? Did I press mute during that? Yeah. Or just like everyone, is everyone muted? Everyone's muted. Yeah. So they, but so you're seeing the people, cameras on, though. you're seeing the people, most people had cameras on. And then I'll tell you this again, I don't want to call it you loan officers, but this is the problem. I had double the people signed up for the second time and I'd half the people participate. I believe it. Right. Cause they all said, Oh, those were great results. And then they just didn't quite make it. How did the people, the people that signed up for this, how did they find out you were going to do this? Was this on the mortgage? Well, I, coach first, call? I first said it to my, my coaching group and transparently I gave them scripts. I gave them an action plan. Like, here's what to say. Here's where to, I created a webinar. They can invite people to, I mean, I made it really easy for them. And then I also did post in the mortgage coach community that I'm doing it so that they could do it, but I didn't give them all the, my tips and tricks. So I'm a jerk. Granted, we mostly have agents listening in, but maybe they know a lender uh, or there is a lender listening. If they wanted to, where, where, if they go, Hey, that sounds interesting or whatever Todd's doing is interesting. Where, where should they go? Is it win by noon? Yeah, go is to it... win by noon mastermind group, even realtors. I mean, anyone who wants to have on Facebook? small, yeah. I mean, we don't have nearly what you have in your next level agents. And you know, it's yeah. one of my, one of my, I, I learned from you at the mastermind when you and Fred were talking about, it. I'm going to start tagging people in my group to get some more interaction, but I would love to have more realtors in that group. Just I don't know really. if that works anymore. Well, well, I'm going to try. And anyone who really just wants to get on there, because, you know, that's productivity focused, but it's really ideas. And there's a lot of lender conversation in there. And I think transparently, if I'm a real estate agent, you can learn a lot from those conversations, but I would love to have more realtors in there talking. Absolutely. All right. So realtors go, go, go check that out too. Yeah. Is there a separate group for win by noon realtors? No, I, you know, at some point maybe we'll do that, but we just, we just, for us, it's easier to keep everyone in. Should we just rebrand next level agents to win by new and realtors? That'd be awesome. Something like that. Uh, that'd be awesome for an easy way for you just to scare people off. Cause no one wants to do, we are talking about, no one wants to do the hard work. I mean, that's, that's why I want to talk about wealth in 2023. Cause people are tired of me talking about how to be more productive. Cause it's just not sexy.
but the the right people want to talk about it. Hundred uh, percent. This is the this is the approach I've had to take with my recruiting business at EXP. Is and I, I think realize you were the EXP. That's good to know. I am. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. Okay, well, I'm with the EXP Realty, um, and powered by Place. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it was Rob. I think it was Rob Flick who said this. If not, it was Brent Gove. It was basically like I'm looking for people who are looking for me. I love that. Like, I mean, it, that's who we're looking for. We're looking for the people who are looking for us. We know that's not everybody, but it's productivity focused people. And it's also wealth focused people. Well, what was interesting to me, so my my group coaching group, you know, I've averaged over a hundred loan officers in the three groups I did this year. Normally I do one group a year, but I felt like this year I, I did it first and second quarter. And then I, w- I didn't do it third quarter. People were like, you got to do it. Like I need to put my, I had leaders who said I need to put my loan officers in. I had loan officers who said, you know what, I'm just not performing and I need a little bit of accountability. And then Deborah Bird, who, you know, interviewed yep. you with, uh, with Dave Savage, um, she paid to be in the group to learn alongside of everyone. I saw Deborah's a friend and transparently, I shouldn't say it on, out loud, but I would have let her in for free. She said, Hey, can I just sit in here and do it? And then she was the most active participant. She wasn't on every time. Cause a lot of times she's out speaking and traveling, but she was the most active participant in chat when she was on. And, um, in one time I just, I, I kind of had to go on a rant Just said, Hey, you're all here. You're paying to be here yet. You're not doing the work. And, and so, you know, I just remember Jason Flatlin, you know, who's yeah. just super marketer when I, he said, Hey Todd, you're creating a product to sell to people who can't afford what it is that you want that that you have. And I thought, you know, he's basically just told me I was an idiot that I should just do high end stuff because I proved before I can, you know, I can charge a lot to the best of the best in the industry. And my heart's still in it. And I still didn't take his advice, and I still have to then lecture those people that you're not doing what it is you signed up to do. You signed up to actually do these things, and so. Uh, I don't know why I went down that side, but really you just said it, you got to put yourself around the right people. And yeah. I'm going to continue to probably, you know, that again, definition of insanity to try to pull these people along. And and so you're right. I probably just need to say, okay, here's, if you're going to actually show up and do the work, then come along. You know, I'd make less money, but that's not why I do it. It's kind of why I'm not attached to whoever has to leave the business because you'll either do what it takes or you don't, but I can't control that. So it's interesting because again, here I am telling you what I thought at the beginning of the call. And then you just said something that's going to make me think differently that I'm going to actually think on when I leave here to say, okay, do I have the right perspective on that? I think this is a place I had to get to with my team. I mentioned kind of like not prejudging people is okay. Um, I'm going to give you a shot and I hope you make it, but only you determine if you make it or not. Right. And, and have you told them at that point what it's going to take, what making it means, mm-hmm. like what you have to do? So they, they know what you the expectation to. is. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you have to. I mean, if they're joining you, whether it's a, because they're like buying your program or they've joined your, your, your company or your team, I think, yeah, you have to have clear expectations, right? Um, uh, but the point is, is like, I'm going to let you, I can't decide for you. Like, I can't pull you. Right. To it's the a whole thing. Line. I can't want it more than you want yeah. it, right? And that's, you know, I think I've been guilty of that before. I mean, I, I'm, I think like you, I'm a people person. I care about people. And so therefore I want to cheer them on. Yeah. And that's always really hard to be disappointed by it, but I've also learned it not to take it personally. I, I can't identify in someone else is failure because they've chosen not to do what they knew they had to do. Um, yeah, that's good. All right. Our camera's dead. Is it? Audio still going. Dang, look at that. We we outlived it. You know, so when we when you said, hey, I'm going to have you on the show, Todd, what did you think we would talk about that we haven't talked about or do we need to end it because the camera died? We, I mean, we got to end it in a minute because I got to pee. All right. Um, but. And you I have did, Fred coming in next. I, I did like, That's have, a big deal. I have to let him on the show every once in a while because I put I his name on it. Um, no, but I honestly didn't have a, didn't have a preset. I figured we would do this. I figured we'd talk about whatever we talked about. Like when you mentioned like, like Tara asking you, like, are you, yeah. and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I, like, I'm like, I don't even know. My, my favorite saying is like, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Well, and I figured if you asked me something, I didn't want to talk about, I would just take it a different direction. Yeah. I would just ask you my, my goal was really to ask you more questions. So I was glad that I could at least ask you a couple. And you're a friend. If you said, Hey dude, could you edit out this one part or these two things? Like I, I have, I'm pretty transparent. We so, cut it out, but I, know. yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not really worried about that. So, um, yeah, I just figured, I, dude, we could have sat here and talked about blood work and uh, fasting and fasting mimicking diet and glucose monitors and Mount Everest and all the other 12 hour walks. We could do, we could have made have a, had a blast doing that. I don't know if people would have wanted to listen to us talking about it, but I mean, I don't care. It's my podcast. Yeah, that's true. Like they can listen or not. I, I love the listeners, but I, this is selfish. 
I do this for me. I and then the, there's that. like a benefit for other people too who want it. But like, there's no way that people listen to every single episode. Now that I've said that, someone's going to message me and say that they do. I've listened to a lot. And, you know, recently I've listened to the ones that you've reposted from before. Cause I said to myself, the only reason Kevin would repost it is either he didn't do any recordings this week, which I know is not true, or it was actually good enough that you thought someone should listen to it. Both are true. Yeah. It's both. And yeah, sometimes I repost just because it was good and it's been a while and it's timely. Like I, th- I was thinking about like, actually, I probably just need to re-interview Dean Jackson. Um, cause he's so smart. I love that guy. And I'm still mad you went to breakfast with him and didn't invite me. That was like a couple of years ago. I should yeah. tell you that. I don't hold a grudge, but I, I just think. Dude, I when Dean Jackson calls you and says, hey, do you want to meet me for, for coffee? You just weren't thinking, who else would want to go? Oh, like, would want to go. The answer is yes, what time? And yeah, exactly. I'll, be, I'll be there. Um, And so, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what, if he ever does that again, I'll call All you. Right, for, deal. I'll, call well, I'll you. listen. I'll listen to the podcast. So um, But like, I just replay good stuff. You know, I've had some, I've had some interesting characters like outside of real estate too. Like I talked about you being top five of like mortgage people, but I've had plenty of non-real estate, non-mortgage people on the show too, just because I found them interesting. Well, and I think that's important because I think that when you interview, I don't know the guy's name who wrote Die With Zero. I mean, that's interesting to me because I know you're taking the time to have someone who's outside of your world on to share with all of us. For sure. And so I'm thinking as I'm talking out loud, right? Someone who listened this far in is glutton for punishment because I'm like, all right, what was the point that Todd and Kevin were making? But I would say- I feel like we owe them a cup of coffee or something at this point. Well, that's all good. So when you come to town, just call me and I'll take you and I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Um, But what I would say is, you know, reach out to you. Like what else is it you'd like want to hear more of? And if for some reason there was something that we actually said that you found valuable that you wish we would have talked about more, let us know because then we'll come back and we'll actually do a show with intention around it. I'm good with that. Does that work? Let's do that. I would like that. Yeah. This is my Joe Rogan experiment. Like, like, because normally I'm just peppering people with questions and there's a, there's a story or there's a punchline that I want to get to. And I've also... I've also just had more conversations like this where, I mean, these are the conversations you and I really have. What is it? Like this is, we had this the other night at dinner, right? Yeah. This is all, you know, we just didn't. You know. So I think these, but there's a lot of value in these and there's less, there's no, um, I guess not that I really feel the pressure from it, but there's no pressure to perform. Like a lot of times people will be like, they want to get on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And they're like, what should we talk about? I'm like, what did you think we would talk about when you asked me to be on the podcast? Like, I don't like, dude, we'll talk about whatever. Or, you know, a lot of times, like, especially I mostly only let my friends on the show um, or people I'm just interested in learning about because I know I can, I know they're really smart and I can take the conversation somewhere to pull out of them something that that's going to be valuable for the listener. It's funny. I have this website that says, be a guest on the podcast, but it's like, dude, if you submit this, you pay, you're going to pay me a thousand bucks before we schedule it. Not because I want to collect. I've never collected money from anybody. I did see that on your website. I went there recently. I had one today. Guy, check this out. Got one yesterday. Guy fills it out completely or a member of his staff fills it out completely. Acknowledges the $1,000 fee. Acknowledges all my rules and hoops to jump through. Because I really only want to interview who I want to interview. So, But we get we were getting too many requests. So I put that page up. So I'm like, cool. I responded. I, like, I actually liked his answers. They seemed thoughtful. His boss or whoever seemed interesting enough. So I just responded with, hey, after after you send a PayPal to here or Venmo to here or whatever, send you the link and we'll schedule it. And he responds back. I forget exactly what he said, but it's basically like, do you really charge? Like, is it, do you make any, do you ever make any exceptions? I'm like, you filled it out and literally acknowledged everything. Like, so there's your test and you failed it. Like, that's crazy. Your boss isn't interesting enough to me to, to go and yeah. talk. Like it's a filter. Like it's a filter. Um, I, I've never collected the thousand dollars from anybody, but I've had a lot of people say they would pay it. And then like, as I get into conversation with them, I'm like, there's no way, but mostly it just keeps people away from filling out. That's, the form. that's probably a person who's standing in front of the room, not sitting in the room. Guaranteed. Right. Guaranteed. So I yeah. love that. I love that. Well, I'm, grateful. I meant to say at the beginning that you had me back on your podcast. Like it means like to me, it's fun. And, you know, again, I hope that people found value in it. I would love to know what they are interested in. So I, I'll say that again. I'm sure they did. I hope they'll reach out to you. Go to winbynoon.com. Yeah, sure. Um, go to winbynoon.com, reach out to Todd. Um, and if there was something specific, whether on the mortgage side, real estate, whatever, they reach out to me too. And like, like you said, we'll come back and we'll do a more pointed 
kind of maybe content rich type of show. This was more talkative rich. There we go. That's all good. You know, you said it's your Joe Rogan experience. I like that, except we're not going to go six hours or whatever he goes. So three hours. So no, though having a glass of bourbon right now and a cigar doesn't sound terrible. You know, I, I don't know that I've ever drank when I did a podcast. So that could be a, I haven't either, but you know what I did realize? So I heard him and, um, it's Steven Pressfield on recently and it was someone else. And they're kind of talking about like the value of like just getting a little loose, like literally a drink before, um, like doing something creative, writing a song, writing jokes, writing an article. And I realized I thought back to, I used to write a lot of articles for Inman and especially the beginning of the pandemic is like the year or so before, before the shutdown. And then like first six months or so of the shutdown. And I remember I had this new bottle of whiskey, like I just really wanted to try, but I also had a deadline. So I grabbed the glass. So I just had a glass and I had to finish writing. I remember thinking that was the easiest one I ever written. And it, I never thought twice about it after that until a couple, until recently when I was thinking about, I was like, did I have like, did I, did I loosen up just enough to be a little more creative? Is that what that was? So next time we'll just do shots out in the hallway before we I don't do shots, man. I had a bad experience. Uh, I don't know that I've done a shot in a really, I couldn't tell you the last time it's been, I could tell you the exact last time since I did and I won't do it again. You have different friends than I have. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm too old. So maybe that's what it is. Oh man. It was a rough, that was rough. PTSD. Anyways. Anyways. Winbynoon.com. Todd books, man. Anything else? Is there anything we need to mention before we sign off today? No, I think, you know, in the end, you know, you're doing great things and I love learning from you. So I'm grateful that I get to hang Same. out with you and call you friend. And so thanks for letting me do it live. And thanks for you guys who listen this far. Cause this is, you know, I I'd pay to hang out with Kevin. I pay him a thousand bucks. So the fact that I get to do it for free means a lot. Maybe I should, maybe I should change my policy. All right. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right, See you next thanks. time. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.